Welcome to Simone Shea. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And tonight we're talking to you about alcohol. That's right. It's something you drink. Mm-hmm. You get real toasty. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, alcohol is, uh, we're talking about ethyl alcohol, also known as ethanol. And that is the only potable alcohol. What is potable, Sydney? Good good thing you asked. <laughs> potable means that it's safe to drink. All right. So what happens uh, to create alcohol is that yeast eats sugar and it excretes carbon dioxide and ethanol, as well as several B vitamins, including folic acid, niacin, thiamine and riboflavin oh okay yeah wow uh so humans have been making alcohol as far back as the eighth century but crazy you know how i'm a big fan of nature and nature just doing the damn thing yes so nature predates that making alcohol her goddamn self oh yeah uh there's This thing called the drunken monkey hypothesis that has to do with why humans crave alcohol. Okay. And uh, it's believed that apes would eat rotten fruit because when it fell off the plant and rotted, it was easier to smell. It had a more pungent smell for them to find. And it also, because it was partially broken down, was easier to digest. And the antiseptic qualities of alcohol would repel microbes. So apes would eat these rotten fruit, and it was actually really beneficial for them. And the apes who ate these survived and created more offspring because they had full bellies. And it created a genetic predisposition to crave fermented foods. Oh, okay. Which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, That is to say if you believe in Darwinism. Yes. Which is the devil. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact you didn't know about me, Sydney. (laughs) Sydney believes Darwinism's the... I just called you me. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) It's summer, and I'm just going to be an idiot. Well, fun fact for everyone who doesn't live in Arizona or hot temperatures... um, you you do start to lose it a little bit when oh, yeah. it gets hot. Like the personalities do change. People are a lot more irritable. Things are getting goofy. Yes. So uh, a heads up because <laughs> it was a hundred degrees today, I... and it will be from now on probably from now until October. Yes. Uh, we'll be sweating our fucking balls off. And <laughs> if anyone in a better state wants to adopt me. Holla at your girl. That's right. SydneyDeLorean at gmail.com. Oh, nice. Um, personal email. Personal email. Oh, I didn't give out my phone number. Who cares? <laughs> who, who really who gives, gives a, sh- a shit? <laughs> That's right. No one. Okay. So we got these monkeys. They're eating this yeah. rotten fruit. Cool. Um, 10 million years ago, the last common ancestor that apes and humans had uh, experienced a gene mutation in the ADH4 gene that made it possible to digest ethanol 40 times faster. Oh, shit. So humans and apes were real good at getting crunk because yeah. we can digest that shit. Um, 
It's also thought that beer rather than bread was the impetus for uh, domesticating grains. And part of it is because beer was safer than water to drink before right. sanitation. Um, and also because it excreted these B vitamins, it was really good to supplement poor diets in isolated communities. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of evidence, I guess, to say like, oh, no, people weren't baking bread with all that domesticated grain. They were yeah. making beer. I think that makes sense because that's, yeah, like you said, people get sick, germs everywhere in yeah. the water. People don't know about washing their hands and not shitting in the same water yeah also drinking it so but they're like hey all those people drinking that water got sick as fuck but everyone drinking beer didn't i got my motherfucking meat on (laughs) i got my meat on (laughs) there seriously were like a bunch of uh cases of that where people like everyone was drinking from the same water source and getting sick and dying but the monks at the brewery were fine and they're like oh because they're drinking the fucking beer it's smart. Um, it is smart. Uh, early Egypt had industrial-sized breweries that fueled the slaves who built the pyramids. What? So also alcohol used to be a lot less strong than it is now. And we'll, okay. we can get to that. But uh, in China, a 9,000-year-old jar is the earliest proof of deliberate fermentation. So we've been doing this a long time. I think most of the drugs we talk about at this show, it's like, oh, yeah, people have been doing this for like 50 years. Yeah. Um, This is going way back. Oh, we're going deep. Uh, In India, they were brewing around 3000 to 2000 BC. Oh. Um, This one I love. So Babylonians had a wine goddess named Siduri. Whom you may know from the Epic of Gilgamesh, written around 2700 BC. Of course I know the Epic of Gilgamesh. My faves. Your faves. So in the Epic of Gilgamesh, he's on a quest for immortality. And he comes to Siduri and she tells him to be content with life's simple pleasures. Uh And um, this story is seen by some scholars as the first expression of the idea of carpe diem. Oh, so she's a wine goddess and she's like, seize the day, man. Yeah. So um, in Greece, they have mead, which is a honey wine. Yes. And their literature is full of warnings against excessive drinking. That was good. The Greeks did. They were pretty uh, they were pretty decadent people. And yeah. uh, but they were like, let's keep, acknowledge this. Keep in moderation. Um. So they would have their symposiums, which only men were invited to because only men could be intellectuals. Um, But at the symposiums, they would mix the wine with water. And this is them being reasonable. Uh And they would serve it in a decorative bowl called a crater. Cool. Uh, This is where it gets great. According to poet and comic Eubulus. Good old Eubulus. Good old Eubulus. So they would serve three uh, craters of this watered-down wine, and he said the first one was for health, the second one was for pleasure, and the third one was for sleep. And after that third one, all the wise guests go home. Okay. However, the fourth bowl, he said, it is ours no longer. Oh. The fourth bowl belongs to violence. The fifth to uproar. Oh, shit. The sixth to drunken revel. The seventh to black eyes. 
The eighth to policemen. Oh my god. The nine to bilelessness. Uh-huh. Which I thought meant vomiting, but apparently just means gastrointestinal distress. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I'd probably have gastrointestinal distress <laughs> well before my ninth glass of wine. Yeah. yeah. Like we're but uh-huh. the, the Greeks are sturdy people. Um <laughs> and the tenth to madness and hurling furniture. Ooh. But that's like the interesting thing, right? Alcohol has been around for so long. Here it is. This fucking Greek dude has it figured out. Yeah. Like that is 100%. We're going to get blacked out drunk and beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And it's going to be crazy. Like these these nine steps exactly are how alcohol plays out yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Uh, black eyes, hurling furniture. Bilis. Bilisness. I mean, it pops off. Oh, yeah. Um, in the Middle Ages, due to, like, conquering and shit, um, the Roman and the Greek people brought uh, alcohol uh, distilling to Europe, where they perfected distillation. Mm-hmm. Uh, wine was for the elites, and beer was for the commoners. Okay. And it had to do with w- grapes being harder to harvest and shit. Yeah. So, like, and it takes longer to... F- to ferment so yeah. i just think it's funny because that still kind of is today beer's like the working man's drink right and wine is for those people with leather patches on their elbows their fancy s- pants sports coats fucking fancy heads fancy heads drinking <laughs> oh i love me some wine i'm a fancy head are you i mean i like wine i don't you i mean, don't no i never it's like a weird drunk that i never enjoyed um okay yeah i was we'll more t- of a liquor person yeah but Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. Liquor in the front, poker in the rear. Am I right? Am I right? (laughs) We popping off. We popping off. (laughs) That's right, Shu. We are popping off. I forgot I was going to pour myself a glass of wine for this episode. Um, Yeah, I thought thought about drinking for this episode, but then I drank at that wedding over the weekend, and I just thought... That's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, real talk. That's cool. Uh, But okay. So pre-Columbus, United States, the natives had chicha, which was a variety of fermented beverages made from corn, grape, or apples. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so worldwide, people over 15 average one drink per day. But yeah. half of people in the world have never had alcohol. So it's more like two drinks per day for the people who do drink oh um and then i wrote this down just to make me feel not so alone mm-hmm. in the u.s 35 percent of adults don't drink oh 35 percent. that's a lot higher than i thought that is that makes me feel better yeah as someone who doesn't drink except for obviously this weekend um i feel i feel a lot more at home than it's not just like me and the mormons yeah so Totally. Um, okay. I guess we can talk about how alcohol works on your bod. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, real quick, I'll just list some different types of alcohol. Okay. So we have beer, which we talked about, you know, long in history. And that's fermented from grain mash, um, t- typically made from barley or a blend of several grains and flavored with hops. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah, the hops are the flavoring. Because I remember we talked on the witchcraft episode about how, like, beer used to be made by medicine women, and they would use different things other than hop, depending on what ailed you. And then I said, that's what you would be in another life. Totally. I'd be (laughs) making that beer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And most of it is naturally carbonated as a part of the fermentation process. 
if the fermented mash is distilled, the drink becomes a spirit, which is a uh, hard liquor. Oh, okay. Um, that's interesting. So that's like when we said the yeast is eating the sugar and it's pooping out the ethanol and mm-hmm. the CO2. But if you distill it, it takes that CO2 out. I'm not sure about the details, but that it, makes sense. Yeah, though. it distills it. It turns into a hard liquor. Um, and those are often also made with grains, fruits or vegetables um, that have al- already gone through the fermentation process. OK, so. Yeah, um, then we got cider. OK, that's a fermented alcohol drink made from any fruit juice like apples, peaches, pears. I recently had a rosé cider. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just okay. It was just okay. Um mead, which I I'm, I got my mead. I got my mead. Yeah. Um that's an alcoholic drink made by fermenting honey with water and sometimes with various other fruits, uh spices, grains, or hops. Okay. For flavoring. I wonder if you're doing that honey diet where you die from eating too much right. honey if they'll let you have some of that. Some mead? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're really thirsty and you need something. Just to wash down the honey. Yeah. It yeah. should be mead. Yeah. 100%. So, hopefully. And um, that can average an alcohol content from 8% ABV to more than 20%. Okay. So it just depends. Um, and it's special because the majority of the drink's fermentable sugar is derived from honey. Okay. And wine, like we talked about, that is produced from grapes um, that are fermented. And that is special because it takes a long time and it's fancy. It takes a long ass Um, time to make that fancy shit. Like we have some. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to be like your historical hype man. I love it. I love it so much. Um, Like we have some vineyards here in Arizona, Uh but they're you know fairly new and it takes at least five years to produce uh like what people would consider like a pretty good wine Uh so just think about that well you have to have a lot of money to open a vineyard then because you aren't going to see any profit for well over five years well also what i didn't know um but i was told is that you can buy plants from other vineyards that are already established and then graft your plants onto those and make a hybrid and that kind of speeds up the process that's cool yeah that is cool um wine is crazy like if it's one of those things that once you get into it and realize how unique each blend is and like Mm. where the grapes come from really matter and the soil like you can really get into it yeah, especially if you make it in the back of your turlet in prison. It's there like, whoa, this is shit is crazy. I am so about this toilet wine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, yeah, and that pretty much covers it because we went over spirits. So yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so how it works, you drink it. Yes. Yeah. It travels through your bloodstream. It reaches every organ. And it distributes, so it's in the water, it's held in the water in your blood, and then it goes through your bloodstream and gets to the organs, and it distributes throughout the water in your other organs in your body, Um, organs that contain a lot of water and need an ample blood supply, such as the brain, are particularly affected, Mm -hmm. because obviously the more water, the more alcohol is going to get to it. Um... Other organs, such as liver, heart, pancreas, and kidneys, are also affected minutes after it enters the bloodstream. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so 20% of it is absorbed in your stomach and 80% is absorbed into the bloodstream via your small intestine. So it's not like when you digest normal food, it's absorbed different stages throughout your digestive tract. Like this shit is all up top. Mm-hmm. Like it is not getting to the large intestine. So it just hits you. Yeah, it just yeah. does it. Nice. Um, and it dissolves in all of your body tissues except for fat. Alcohol can't dissolve in fat. There's not a lot of water in fat. Okay. Um, and uh, the breakdown occurs in the liver. It becomes acetic acid. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how most of it's eliminated. 5% is eliminated by your kidneys. 5% uh, by your lungs. You exhale it. That's why breathalyzers work. Because oh. you're actually breaking down and excreting 5% of the alcohol that you consumed through your breath. I never knew that. Isn't I never that crazy? even thought about that. Um, yeah, I never, I thought it was just because it was like in the tissues in your mouth or something, Yeah. but it turns out it's in your bloodstream and being expelled through your lungs. Weird. That's like one of those things that you didn't know you didn't know. Yeah. Fucking weird, man. Fucking weird. Crazy, bro. I love doing this podcast because it makes me research and learn shit. Yeah. Um, um side note real yeah. quick. My coworker was like telling me about this chick she met at a Buddhist prayer circle who started talking about how she's into necrophilia what? and then the host immediately kicked her out uh-huh. and my coworker was like wait I wanted to know more because this is when the fuck am I gonna ever meet yeah. someone who admits to that the pure as you call the them yeah yeah because I think she did get to say that it was how they helped them pass to the next world shut which I was like up. you're a fucking pervert she um, thinks she's helping people get to the next yes. world through her pussy. She's narcissistic and perverted. Oh um, not to be judgmental, but... Not to slap a label on it, but yeah. come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Um, but I told her, like, oh, well, me and my friend do this podcast, and we actually did an episode, so, like, just so you know, and I gave her some odd facts, like yeah. how most of them are not the peer. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then I started telling her about vaginismus. And yeah. she's like, it's so fucking awesome that you know all these weird things. Like we talked about objectophilia. Yeah. <laughs> it's our going off. And I'm just like, did you know? Because all this fucking random <laughs> research we do. I just have all these yeah. weird facts in my head now. I had someone so. the other day try to tell me a story about this guy in like the 1800s who got a spike through his head but continued to live and his personality changed. And he's like, have you ever heard of this? And I was like, yeah, I know that case. <laughs> but also I know a lot about how the brain works and changes. And then he's yeah. like, but this is so and just like wanted to keep telling me about it. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. Right. I spend my time. I don't drink. He's an alcoholic. Okay. I don't drink. So I'm able to like make new memories. And also I spend my time learning things because um, I don't I don't have a lot of friends. Um, so anyways, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I have plenty of friends. You do. Um, So on average, a human can eliminate a half ounce uh, of alcohol per hour. So, for example, uh, it takes one hour to eliminate a 12-ounce beer on average. It it varies widely. Yeah. But you can drink one beer an hour and not be wizzasted. Unless you're a fucking chuggernaut. Get my chug on. Get my chug on. Now I'm being your hype girl. That was amazing. Chugganaut. <laughs> Chugganaut. 
We went to dinner the other night and we got a cheap bottle of wine to uh-huh. share. And um, the waiter came out and was like, how's that wine? And Deacon's like, that's what I call a chuggernaut. Because <laughs> it's like the cheap fruity kind that you can just drink really fast and it doesn't like affect you taste wise. Yeah. Because, you know, wine can be kind of bitter or like dark. I was thinking it's a chuggernaut because you chug it or you're not yeah. going to be able to drink it. Oh, chug okay. <laughs> Uh, I like that more. Oh my god, I like that. Okay, new new ter- juggernaut. Juggernaut. Love it. Um. Okay. So alcohol, while it's in your body, it's a central nervous system depressant. Um. In your circulatory system, some studies say it's good for your heart, but alcohol abuse is bad for your heart, and then it hurts other organs because it causes poor circulation. So, like, the stuff about it being good for your heart is really questionable. Um, and in your endocrine system, it hurts production of and tissue use of hormones. So, it'll fuck up your hormone shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, because it's, like, absorbed in water, um, it's different in the way men and women process it. I know right. I've read several uh, think pieces, like young women today are trying to keep up drink for drink with men that's like a thing but it's always a bad idea because uh men and women are different yes um i heard one's from mars one is from venus that's right but also we process alcohol differently um and so women can't process alcohol as quickly as men and Mm -hmm. aside from the size factor that we're generally smaller uh it's that men have more muscle so testosterone fuels muscle growth. So men just on average are much more muscular. Muscle ho- holds more water than fat. And as we talked about earlier, fat can't uh, like it can't absorb or break down alcohol. So alcohol is more diluted in men than women because men have more water in their tissues because they have more muscle. Okay. Um, also, carbonation speeds up alcohol absorption so if you drink a beer or like a vodka soda you're gonna absorb it more quickly that doesn't sound like it can be true but i read that on like a legit site oh so um depending on your gender and your body size and your muscle mass and Uh what you're drinking does it have bubbles it's gonna affect how it shows up in your blood alcohol yeah so it's not the same for everybody um we're all unique we're all unique unicorns especially when we're getting wasted that's right uh so the first stage of drunkenness uh when your blood alcohol is 0.03 to 0.12 it's called euphoria this is that sweet spot it's your buzz it's your buzz feeling good you're self-confident daring you have a shortened attention span maybe you're flushed you're executing poor judgment. You're texting your ex. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, you may say the first thing that comes to mind, and you might have trouble with fine movement, like writing. Uh huh. But that's like that's a safe zone. Yeah, that's a safe zone. Maybe stay there. Stay there. But no, it's not what's no. going to happen. You no. know why? Because you have the poor judgment. Oh right. Going. I'm holding up the note card for shoe. No you have ju- poor judgment. Poor ju- po- not no judgment. Just poor judgment. Just poor judgment. Okay. Um, so the next level when your BAC is 0.09 to 0.25, this is called excitement. However, the first 
uh, symptom of this stage that was listed on this site uh-huh. was being sleepy. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have to go to sleep. I'm so excited. Uh, that's actually what happens to me when I drink beer. Like, oh, really? I had to stop drinking beer because it upset my stomach. I get super bloated super quickly for like days uh-huh. and I just get really sleepy. So once I get drunk, I'm just like, everyone get the fuck out of my house. I'm going to bed. Um, yeah, that's why I don't drink wine. It makes me like a sleepy oh, kind of drunk. Okay. Versus you put some vodka in me and yeah. I will go all motherfucking night. Yeah. Um. So sleepy, poor memory, slow reaction time, body uncoordinated. Yeah. Poor balance, blurred vision, loss of senses. Uh-huh. And like, these are all related to things that are happening to your brain. Yes. While you're drinking. Yes. Do you have any information on how that fucking works? It does something with the synapses because it, it depresses the areas that cause like excitement and shit. Yeah. All I have is that alcohol interferes with the brain's communication pathways and can affect the way the brain looks and works. Okay. Um, so these disruptions can change mood and behavior and can make it hard to think clearly and move with coordination. Okay. Perfect. So. Perfect. What's happening when we're excited. When we're excited. And we should have stopped drinking then. But yeah. we kept drinking. And now our BAC 0.18 to 0.3. Are we getting a DUI? Oh, we're getting a DUI. Okay. That is a DUI. Okay. And this stage is called confusion. Um, it's where you don't <laughs> know what you're doing. You're dizzy. You might stagger. You are highly emotional. You can't see clearly. You have slurred speech. You're uncoordinated. And you can't feel pain. Uh-oh. And the only good part about this is that, like, I always think of cowboy movies where they had to drink whiskey and bite down on a leather strap to get, yes. like, a bullet removed. Yes. So the only reason really to get this drunk is if you're having s- surgery in the middle of a field in the 1800s. Right. Um, other than that, I don't think you really need to be that drunk. I'm not going to judge you, though, because you kept drinking. Uh-huh. And now you're BAC. 0.25 to 0.4. This Ooh. is dangerous as fuck. Am I going to get alcohol poisoning? Yes. Uh-oh. This is called stupor. Oof. You barely move at all. <laughs> you can't respond to stimuli. Uh-huh. You cannot stand or walk. You may vomit. Again, I would have vomited pages ago. Yeah. Like the Greeks and whoever the fuck wrote this doesn't know me. I would have been vomiting <laughs> pages ago. Uh-huh. Um, And you're going to lapse in and out of consciousness. Okay. So super dangerous. Don't yeah. keep drinking. Oh, my God. You kept drinking. And now it's 0. 0.35 mm. to 0. 0.5. Oh, no. You're in a coma, bitch. What? You're going to be unconscious, depressed reflexes. Lower body temp, slow and shallow breathing, slowed heart rate, and you might die. Oh, shit. And if your blood alcohol is greater than 0.5, death. 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 Isn't that crazy? Yes. I I just get so like, I'm just so shocked that weed is not legal and yet alcohol is. And it's something that is not only highly addictive, but you can actually die from it. Oh, I know. Like, I understand the need for it and the fact that it's never not going to be. Yeah. Like, it's, it'll never be illegal. It just but can't be. But it's so dangerous. But it's just crazy how dangerous it is. And, um, you know, as a weed lover, I'm just shocked. Yeah. It got me shook. It. I mean, alcohol always gets me shook because I put alcohol with cocaine. Yeah. And heroin as just a very ugly drug. 
I right. just think that it is a very ugly drug. And um, I guess I'll talk about it now that like f- in cases of rape, 43% of cases of rape, the victim had been drinking. Yeah. And in like 68%, the rapist had been drinking. Yeah. So because alcohol causes you to not be in control of yourself, your senses, it causes you to be uninhibited. And I'm not saying like, oh, if people didn't drink, they wouldn't rape, but it makes it's a drug that makes people aggressive and uninhibited. Yeah. So if they have rapist tendencies, 63% of rapists are inebriated by alcohol at the time they commit a rape. That's pretty fucking statistically significant in terms yeah. of a drug being really bad and dangerous. And it could be because they want to and they are they need that vibrato yeah. added so well, they can actually commit the act or that you're already drunk, you're in a precarious situation and you decide to go for it when you shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that is a good point to say that they wanted to do it and they used alcohol as bravado because yeah, maybe it wasn't like they drank and then they were like, now I can rape. But right. maybe they're like, I want to rape, but I got to get the guts up. Yes. Because how many times we played in a band, was it like, oh, well, we got to have a couple beers before a show so we can get up on stage and do that thing that we want to do. Every fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, yeah, I just yeah. think, like, that's the sort of thing where it's when you look at. It's just really damaging. You at, yeah, you look at violent crimes and car related deaths. Even most of the time that pedestrians are hit and killed by a motor vehicle, the pedestrian was intoxicated by alcohol at the time that it happened. Right. So alcohol is a very dangerous drug. And um, People are like, it's again, I'm going to bring it up that I take mushrooms regularly and people are floored by it. But it's like, dude, you drink four times a week. Right. And that is a really scary, bad drug. And like, I don't know, but yeah. it's legal. So and socially, it's OK. It's such a weird drug to be socially acceptable. Like, let's all drink this thing that's going to make us maybe get violent, maybe cry, maybe have unprotected sex when we should know we shouldn't. Like, it causes you to do things that, like, you shouldn't do. Yeah. But we've all openly accepted that this is an OK way to get intoxicated. But, well, like, they just outlawed CBD oil. Really? Yeah. Man, fuck that. It's only legal in states that have legal recreational weed now. Yeah. Which is bananas because like it's more medicinal than like I'm not going to say it's more medicinal, but it has a very good medicinal effects. Yeah. It reduces inflammation, which we are living in the age where everyone has an inflammatory based disease. And like, yeah, I I know people who are like ex-cops who were always super anti every drug and now they're dying of cancer and they use CBD oil. Right. And like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But, like, alcohol is okay. Yeah. All yeah. to say, um, you know our stance on alcohol. We both don't really enjoy it. Yeah. I'll just say on my side, um, I have a lot of alcoholic um, relatives. Mm-hmm. And it's a history in my family. And I've dated alcoholics. And it's just something that has always been in my atmosphere. And something mm-hmm. that I have had to deal with. Um, not being an alcoholic but dealing with people being an alcoholic and being close to me in my life which if you know one you know how hard that can be especially when you care about them deeply and you want nothing more for them than to get better um and also I've been on the other side where I have I know that I am at risk to become an alcoholic because Mm -hmm. of my family history and I have gone through phases where I've absolutely abused alcohol um 
So overall, I just look at it as a, a dirty drug and it rubs me very much the wrong way. Yes. Yeah. So. I, uh, I quit drinking seven years ago um, to lose weight. And I, uh, I'm a bartender. And so like w- working in a dive bar and looking at people who are living my lifestyle, but 30 years in the future and being sober, I just was like, I got to change things up. Um, and you know, I got a lot better at life. Like my grades got great at school. Like I just was a lot better as a person and at life. Um, and now I drink maybe like once every 12 to 16 months. And, uh, I always say I'm very thankful that I have an eating disorder because it really helps me stay away from alcohol because it has calories. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm going to be honest right. with you. Yeah. Like, I probably were it not for the fact that I lost 40 pounds when I quit drinking. Like, it, I probably would have started drinking again sooner because, like, me being a fucking asshole to people or drunk driving or whatever was not enough to make me not start drinking again. But being thin was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. So, alcohol. Al- Am I right? Alcohol. Am I right? Um, um, what do you want to talk about? I next? want to talk about long-term effects of alcohol use. Okay. Well, first, should we break down alcoholism versus alcohol abuse? Yes. So, um, there's all types of different alcoholics. There are alcoholics who they're functioning and mm-hmm. they're going to their job every day and they're keeping it together but they're also getting wasted every day that was me um yeah which is i think really common i went to the gym and then i would drink vodka out of a plastic cup while i drove to work oh yeah i i know some people that do that oh people Um, were so upset when i quit drinking they were like you were so much fun blah 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 you weren't a drunk and i was all you weren't there when i woke up in the morning next to whomever i fucking took home with me yeah And and we'll get into that aspect of it, too. But um, okay, so alcoholism is an alcohol addiction or dependence where individuals have physical or psychological compulsions to drink. Yes. Okay. Alcohol abuse is referring to an end. Okay, sorry. It's referring to a pattern of behavior where an individual drinks excessively in spite of negative consequences. Okay. Such as heavy drinking or binge drinking. Okay. And so heavy drinking for men under 65 is having four or more drinks a day mm-hmm. or more than 14 drinks a week. Okay. Um, for women, it's having women under 65 is having three or more drinks a day or more than seven drinks a week. Okay. And I, I feel like uh, I know a lot of people that would be like, oh, I'm... In that range. Yes. I mean, that's um, that's the thing is like, oh, you hear that and it seems so. You're like, small. really? Just three drinks? Because, yeah. That's all I can have? I used to have it at least three drinks a day, every yeah. single day. Right. So. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely went through a phase where I was drinking every day, probably more than three drinks. Oh, yeah. Um, and now I will occasionally have a glass or two of wine. If it's the weekend, I might get crunk. But I'm definitely not drinking on a daily basis anymore. Um, so, anyways, do you want to also do the warning signs? Yeah, and then let's we'll do the get warning into thighs. The, the war- I call it warning thighs. Ooh, look at those thighs. They're giving you signs. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if you look down you're like, this is how I know. The thighs. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> how I know I've been eating too much. It's because my thighs are uh, rubbing together. Uh-oh. And, uh, ooh, ooh, warning thighs. Man, you better get yourself some, uh, 
Oh, I don't know. Something to keep it slick because the summer is rough on a, them thighs. I'm going to lube them up with Wesson oil. Oof. Yeah. I got to get gotta a young man to oil my thighs oh, so yeah. I can operate like a fine running machine all greased and lubed oh. and glistening with sweat and Wesson oil. I'm sorry. What are the warning signs? <sighs> I ain't getting no bumps on my thighs. <laughs> I get little rashes. Oh, yeah. Um, which is totally normal. It's total. Yeah. For everyone out there. Yeah. Heat rash is real. I listen. Anyways, I get it after making love. We all do. No, do you? Kidding. I don't know. No, I I'm don't like know. one of those pale people who's prone oh, yeah. to rashes. And sometimes you just like have to roll over after sex and scratch <laughs> your sex rash. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I'm a sensual woman. Uh, if we can just add that to the Wikipedia that I'm sure someone's building as to why I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> Is it my post-coitus rash that I roll over and scratch? Oh, my God. oh Jesus fucking Christ. Like a red-headed missionary on a bicycle in the middle of May. Anyways. Uh, warning signs. Yes. Okay. So, um, if you're drinking alone and in secrecy. Yes. More importantly, like in secrecy. In secrecy. We always talk about that on the show. If you're doing something that you're not telling people about or you don't want to tell people about, there's a fucking problem. Yes. Number one sign. It's red flag. Yes. Um, losing interest in activities that you normally enjoy. Uh-huh. So if you just kind of start feeling lackluster and don't really want to do any of the things you're usually doing, but you do want to drink, mm-hmm. that could be a sign. That could be a sign. Um, if you're craving alcohol when you're not drinking, mm-hmm. that's a sign. Uh, alcohol withdrawal symptoms, such as if you haven't been drinking and you start to feel anxiety, um, you're sweating, you're irritable, maybe you're shaking, uh, extreme mood swings, mm-hmm. feelings of guilt. Okay. If you're waking up to with bo- booze blues yep. and you decide, you know, it's going to make that go away, more alcohol. More alcohol. That's a problem. That is a problem. Um. Heavy drinking first thing in the morning. Uh-huh. It's a big red flag. Continuing drinking at the detriment of yourself or others. Okay. So if people have told you before, like, you're really violent drunk and you just keep doing it anyways. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. If you're passing out and wetting people's couches, yeah. it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, inability to stop or control the amount you consume Mm -hmm. so this is something that i i know i have an issue with if i'm at a party or a public like gathering of friends i have a really hard time like quit drinking Mm -hmm. because i see everyone else continuing to drink Mm -hmm. and i want to be part of the party yes so i just like keep on keeping on and then before i know it i'm like blackout drunk and i'm waking up the next day going uh did i was i mean to you yeah and that doesn't feel good. No. So that's a sign. Um, um, yeah, I had all of those Yeah. when I quit drinking. So, I mean, I also, when I drank my last year of being a drunk, I was having a lot of nightmares where I would stumble upon a dead body and feel the need to hide it, where I'd be like, I didn't kill it or I didn't remember killing it, but I'd have to hide this body. Oh, my gosh. I know. And... I realized it's because I felt like I was hiding who I was or myself and I wasn't like obviously I'm trying to hide things and yeah it's like I don't want people it'd be like oh I, there's a party at my house and there's a dead body and I need to bury it in my closet and it's like oh because I'm really trying hard not to let people see 
right. who I really am. And I would say and do things that were embarrassing. And so if I had to go, if I had to, if I wanted to go to a party and there were going to be people there that I had embarrassed myself in front of, I would have to get drunk so I could not be embarrassed yeah. to be around those people. And it was just like that sort of thing where it was self-perpetuating, where like I was always wasted, so I needed to stay always wasted so I never had to reckon with things I had said or done. Yeah. You know, because I'd be like, yeah, I fucking did that. Because I was drunk, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, yeah. It's not good. No. I'm, I'm the type of drunk when I get like, wasted where mm-hmm. I'm I'm super emotional uh-huh. and if I'm in a relationship with you like a, a boyfriend yeah or a, a husband let's say yeah just supposing um, just supposing I might start to bring up the things that will trigger you to get mad at me oh. and the things that I know we should definitely not talk about when we're drunk yeah. and save for sober serious times uh-huh. and not fun times um, and then I get really mean because, you know, if someone's with me that's responsible, they're like, let's not talk about this. Like, you and you're to- like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. I, then I start to get defensive and it ends in me probably yelling at them. Maybe in some instances, like, being like, fucking hit me. Yeah. Because that's a thing um, in my past. Yeah. I, I dated an alcoholic who was physically abusive yeah so I started to think that was like normal yeah um and then I wake up the next day and I'm like how bad was it that's so bad yeah. and that was really upsetting mm-hmm. and when I got with my husband now when at the time I was just like I like this person and I don't want to keep doing this to them mm-hmm. and to myself I hate waking up feeling shameful yeah. So instead, I'm just going to apologize for everything I have done and get a hold of it and change my habits. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, the the main reason I know a lot of, of ex-alcoholics, they can't have like a drink now and then. Like I have a guy that I see off and on who is also a sober man. And uh, I was talking to him about it because like he when he quit drinking, he quit drinking like the same year I quit drinking and he hasn't touched a drop since. And um, so it's kind of weird to him that I do have like one drink, but sometimes it's just like a refresher course. Yeah, because I had four drinks like I, my goal was to have one or two drinks at this wedding and I had four. And then I said, I'm going to go nap in my car and to my friend and come get me when you're ready to leave because I can't be inside that like I just an open bar is nowhere I should be right and so it was like a good refresher course kind of like when I smoked heroin and I said that was really fun I should never go near that ever again yeah and now like with the alcohol I'm like I really enjoyed that I need to stay away from that like yeah good reminder uh, that's why I stopped drinking. that's why I stopped because I could have fucking ruined that fu- I could have kept drinking and ruined those people's wedding yeah oh um, if you want to if you want to know about that, go listen to our uh, first episodes. And yeah. You'll hear a great story. About, yeah, she and I ruining a wedding. <laughs> listen, I almost knocked over a beautiful, like, seven-tier wedding cake oh, at shit. a wedding once because I was drunk dancing to Lil John. <laughs> okay. 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 Oh Anyways. Um, so ugh. the long-term effects. Long-term uh, effects of alcohol abuse. I have liver cirrhosis. Uh huh. Reduced brain mass. Uh huh. Stomach and intestinal ulcers. 
high blood pressure, decreased sex hormone secretion, and this also causes a lower sperm count. Poor nutrition, including a deficiency in iron and vitamin B, which causes anemia. Uh, bruises and broken bones. So elderly people who drink are more likely to have like t- really bad breaks and stuff because they fall over all the time. Uh-huh. Um, it also alters your limbic system and causes anxiety, depression, and suicide. Yeah. So wow. don't abuse it long term. Yeah. Also, you can get cancer. Yes. Um, and you can the main can- types of cancer that's caused by long term drinking is of the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the esophagus, the throat, the liver, and the breast. Yes. Um, that was one of the things I was listening to uh, say why to drugs. And they had an episode about alcohol. And they were like, yeah, all these things that say alcohol is good for you is negated by the fact that it causes fucking cancer. Yeah. It ca- and everyone's just like, oh, there's antioxidants in it. But also... The reason why people need so many antioxidants now and why our cells oxidate at such a high rate is our high-carbohydrate diet. So you also could not eat carbohydrates. Also, alcohol, even wine with antioxidants, is high in carbohydrates. Yeah. So it it is a snake eating its own tail. Like, it's whatever. Um, Definitely have a glass of wine and don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad about it, but, like, don't think that, like, you're taking a vitamin. Right. Be like, oh, yeah, I can eat, like, shit and not exercise because I had a glass of wine. Yeah. Like, it's not how it works. Um, Should we talk about hangovers? Yeah. All right. They suck. They do. Next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You see what I did there? I love Mm, it. Comedy joke. Okay. (laughs) Hangovers. Uh, symptoms, headache, light sensitivity, diarrhea, nausea. They call it the hot snakes. Have you ever heard that phrase? No. When you're, it's like diarrhea, but it's like comes, it comes out real thin poops and they're all hot and burning. Oh, I, I am familiar with the hot snakes actually. Yes. I didn't know, but I've been seeing some hot snakes. You've been seeing, yeah, there's a band called the Hot Snakes, and my friend who told me about them uh, explained it to me, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I've never heard that. Oh, I've never heard of that term, yeah. but I totally get what they're talking about. Yeah, we've all had the hot snakes. If you, <sighs> listen, if you drink in Four loco, you've had the hot snakes. Yeah. Um, okay, loss of appetite, trembling, nausea, fatigue, increased heart rate and blood pressure, dehydration, poor concentration, anxiety, difficulty sleeping, and weakness. Um, So one of the main problems with alcohol, like what causes a hangover, is the dehydration. And it's a really complicated way that it works that isn't interesting to explain on a podcast, nor did I really understand it. (laughs) But uh, it causes you to expel an average of four times as much uh, liquid than you drink. So say you drink a 12-ounce beer, you're going to pee 48 ounces. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's super crazy. Um, And because you're peeing so much, you lose salts and potassium that uh-huh. are needed for proper muscle and nerve function. Okay. Um, And you know how there's myths where people are like, oh, I can't drink that. It gives me a hangover. Right. Oh, it's kinda- like only white wine gives me hangovers. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's kind of true because there's something called a cogener which is a byproduct of like fermentation and um, it causes hangovers real bad. 
Um, and dark liquor and wine, dark liquor and dark wine have more cogeners and cause worse hangovers than clear liquor and white wine. Um, so apparently if you like, it's like 40% of people get a hangover from bourbon, but from the same alcohol volume of vodka, only 3% get a hangover. Yeah. If it's clear, you're in the clear. (laughs) Liquor for beer, liquor before beer, you're, sticker in the rear. You're in the clear. Beer before liquor, never been sicker. There we go. There we go. Uh, oh, good. I like your version. <laughs> sticker in the rear. Sticker in the rear. Consensually. Consensually. Don't, 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 don't do rape. Um, so alcohol suppresses this natural stimulant in our bodies called glutamate. And as alcohol wears off, our body tries to catch up with glutamate uh-huh. um, production. So the increased glutamate is why you don't get deep sleep with alcohol in your system. Okay. Um, and it's why they say you don't go into REM sleep when you've been drinking. Like you, you can, you'll pass out, but you yeah. don't actually go into deep stages of sleep. Um, or a lot of people like I don't sleep when I drink. That like, is like one of the worst parts about getting super wasted is like passing out because you're so drunk but then waking up at like five in the morning and you're just wide awake yeah with like the worst anxiety yeah and it's just like something is wrong i did something wrong what is happening well and that anxiety is also caused from that surge in right. um so that's pretty crazy yeah um and it's also why alcohol like people who drink regularly get alcohol withdrawals is because it's a natural depressant and so if you drink all the time, your body compensates for that by making more like go juice. And when you quit drinking and your body is still trying to overcompensate, but without that depressant in your system, you're overstimulated. Yeah. And it's why a lot of people, when they quit drinking, have really bad anxiety and stuff. Um, I mean, I know I certainly did. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like really bad. It's rough. I just, and it was one of those things where I didn't do any research before I quit drinking. I just was like, I want to quit drinking. And then I was like, let me have a year long nervous breakdown before finally seeing a doctor. Yeah. Um, which I think everyone does. They're just like, I just need to take 30 days off. And then, you know, you have two rough days and you're like, I need to drink. I need a drink. Oh yeah. Uh, I have one friend who, when he decided to get sober, he was going to go to rehab and it was going to cost him a lot of money because yeah. even with insurance, uh, it would, but he actually went and saw a doctor and was like, here's how much I'm drinking. He had to quit drinking cause he had liver problems uh-huh. and the doctor gave him a script for, uh, Xanax so he could go through withdrawals at home and not spend a million dollars. Yeah. Which is also dangerous because if you fuck up and you drink on Xanax, you can die. Definitely. Um, so not something really anyone should do at home, but he did it. Okay. Um, but so alcohol, because it's a depressant and it suppresses that shit and your body makes you more amped and you quit drinking it. When you decide to quit drinking, it can cause anxiety, shaky hands, headache, nausea, vomiting, insomnia, and sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the initial whatever um if you're really hooked mm-hmm. if you're really hooked on the juice I'm um hooked. <laughs> i'm hooked within 12 to 24 hours you can have um seizures uh-huh and within two days you can be seeing feeling hearing things that aren't there yeah um which is different than the dts uh the delirium tremors those come in at 48 to 72 hours 
And those are vivid hallucinations and delusions. And only 5% of people with alcohol withdrawal have them. Uh-huh. But they're really scary. Yeah. Um, my mom, when she was a nurse at a nursing home, there were certain patients who had a bottle of Jack Daniels on the med cart. And then with every med pass, she'd give them a shot of Jack Daniels. That was part of their prescription so they wouldn't have to go through withdrawals and get the DTs. Wow. <sighs> oh, to be old. Yeah. Um, but it, with the DTs, you get confusing uh, confusion, racing heart, high blood pressure, fever, and sweating. And I've seen someone go through that, and it really fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, and the way that they manage alcohol withdrawal is they put you in a quiet, isolated room with soft lighting. They give you healthy foods and fluids. Because part of getting off of alcohol is that you've been running at a nutritional deficiency. Because you haven't been processing food properly, you haven't been uh, eating properly, and so you're going to have nutrient deficiencies. So it's like, get some fucking fluids and vitamins up in that bitch. Um, And they'll give you benzodiazepines to um, help control the anxiety and the tremors and shit. Um, Which then benzos are also addicting, and sometimes people get addicted to those. Mm -hmm. Well, it's hard. It is hard. It's hard. Yeah. And so why don't we just give some people some tips for if they are an alcoholic or they think they are. Obviously, if you're a severe alcoholic, you know it and you need to go get professional help because the withdrawals can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, You can die. Yeah, you can definitely die from withdrawing from alcohol without doing it properly under proper supervision with proper um, medicine to help you cope. Um, so if you're at that level, like you need to seek treatment. Yes. So, but if you're at a place where you know you're drinking too much, but you're not sure like how to get out of the cycle, here's some things I hope will help you. Um, first is acceptance. Admitting to yourself that you do have a problem, that Mm -hmm. you don't like the way things are going. And it probably is because of the way you're drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, the next thing is to get help. So, like I said, if you're severe, seek treatment. But if it's not, um, you still need to find a support group or a program that can help guide you um, and give you tips like daily reminders and check-ins and tips on how to stay sober. And there's a lot of good, like, online ones if you don't want to go to a meeting. That's fine. I mean, just like, yeah, because... AA is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not for a lot of people because it's a religious, right? It's like a Christian-based yeah, program they loosely. Say they say it's not, but there's a prayer involved. And yeah. there's also Smart Recovery, which is like an atheist sobriety group. Okay. But like, yeah, sobriety groups aren't for everyone. Right. And they can be weird, and I get it. Yeah. But there's like online forums or there's stuff out there and just start talking to people because like honestly as we talk about on the show the more you talk about stuff the less stigmatized it is and the more you talk about like sobriety someone's gonna be like oh my dad got sober or my uncle or my cousin or someone will be like i'm sober and you'll be like i never even knew yeah that's so true and it is embarrassing i mean believe me i don't feel good telling everyone whoever's listening that like I ask people to hit me when I get wasted yeah but it's just part like it's true it's who I am and it happens happens. it's because I've been hit a lot in my past and it's a gross pattern that I've thankfully broken yeah but that like weird shit like that happens when you get drunk that's part of the deal with alcohol Mm -hmm. is that oftentimes like shit gets really weird yeah so it's okay 
everyone's embarrassed. Yeah, there's sobriety is going to be no more weird than whatever the fuck happens when you get wasted. Right. Like, yeah, that's a really good thing. (laughs) That's a good point. You know, sobriety can be scary. And and for me, it was very lonely because I went from having I was out. I was a bartender. I drank before, during and after work. I was a woman about town. I had like 100 friends that I saw on a regular basis, not exaggerating. And when I got sober, I had about three friends. Yeah. And uh, I was very lonely and it was really hard for me to go home at night and stuff. And so I understand that sobriety can be a very, especially because like everyone's like, we're going out for drinks after work. What are you doing? And you're like, I can't go because if I go to a bar, I'll drink and I can't drink because I'm an alcoholic. Like I get it. It's very, it can feel very lonely and socially isolating. Yeah. But also know that it's no more scary than what could happen if you kept drinking, if you have a problem. So that is so true. Um, you know, just explore, explore the weirdness that is sobriety, yeah. and I, you're going to end up getting into crocheting or collecting baseball cards or talking about My Little Ponies and Tulpas on Reddit. Like, you'll find something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that was my next um bullet point is changing your scene, mm-hmm. and that's probably the hardest part is realizing that. Probably a lot of your friends are not going to change to support your lifestyle Uh because they're like if you're drinking a lot, you're probably in a group of friends that drinks a lot. And I guarantee you they're not all going to be like, oh, you're getting sober. Let me do that with you, too. Like, that's going to be awesome. No, they're going to actually say to your face. You were so much more fun when you drank. Or like, I didn't think you have a problem. Or Mm -hmm. dude, just come with me for one drink. I promise. Like you can go home after we get one drink together. And it's really hard because you know your friends do care about you. But at the same time, they're selfish and they care about themselves and they want to have fun. And you really just have to come to terms with the fact that like, maybe I have to find new friends. Yep. Um, maybe I have to stop talking to my friends until I feel like I am strong enough that I can be in a bar without drinking mm-hmm. and maybe I'll never get to that point. Yeah. So, um, that's really hard, but it is like essential to the process. Cause if you just keep putting yourself in those surroundings, you're just making it as difficult as possible for yourself to get better. Yeah. Your behavior is triggered by your surroundings. So you can't expect to be, you You are not 100%, no matter who you are, you are not strong enough to change your behavior without changing your environment. Exactly. That's true for everyone. Yeah. Um, Also, just know that it's a process, that it's something that takes time, and it's something that you're always going to have to work on. Like, it's an unfortunate fact, but it's never going to go away. It's never going to be like, oh, you know what? It's so easy. I don't even think about drinking anymore. And... I mean, maybe if you get to a really healthy place in your life, it can be like that. But I feel like there's always going to be situations you're put into that you have to think about it Mm -hmm. and make a conscious effort to stay on like the solid track. Yeah. And also relapse is part of recovery. Exactly. And you can't you can't let that. Don't get mad at yourself and beat yourself up and think, well, I already slipped, so I'm just going to fucking go all out. And guess what? Tonight's a night where I'm smashing windshields, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do it. Um, Okay. So also, like, if alcoholics, you know, part of it is, like, you you might have an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. And so you might need to find another more healthy addiction Uh um, such as exercise that's what I did 
I I mean, I went crazy with it yeah. my first year, and I was working out like 15 hours a week, but um, I needed something to do to get me out of the house. Right. Because I couldn't just go to work and school and home, and so... The gym is a really good place for that. I also find that if you go on Friday and Saturday nights, there is a crowd there and it's generally other sober people. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you'll see people wearing their good workout clothes or their hair is done nice. And their it's makeup like. Makeup on. Yeah. I'll see girls with fake eyelashes at, on Friday night at the LA Fitness because it's like that's where they're going to get out of the house. Yeah. And you can find stuff like that. Um, Not only that, but. It's crazy how good you start to feel when you work out on a regular basis. Well, it like, helps It helps manage the anxiety and depression that can come after uh, being an alcoholic. Yeah. So uh, it's very helpful. Yeah. So those are our tips. Those we are good hope tips. they're helpful. Um, and now, how about some tips for having fun and not becoming an alcoholic? Okay. He, this is for the people who are like, I want to drink. I want to go out and party with my friends, but I'm weary. I've never drank before, and I just, like, don't want to fall into becoming an alcoholic. Okay. Okay. First off, know your family history. You need to know if alcoholism runs in your family so that you can be alert and know that it might be a problem for you. Yes. So that's really important. I didn't realize until I was already an adult and, like, far into my partying life that you know that's when I like looked back and I'm like wow like grandpa was an alcoholic and so was my other grandpa and mm-hmm. so was my stepdad and so was my uncle and wow I'm dating alcoholics like yeah wow, this is kind of crazy like everyone around me is an alcoholic um so know your family history mm-hmm. secondly don't go on multiple date benders it can be really tempting to like you and your friends are spending the weekend together and you're all partying and you're like get crazy on a Friday and then they call you and they're like hey let's go to brunch on Saturday and everyone's like ordering mimosas and that turns into afternoon beers and that turns into late night cocktails and you're wasted again and you just do it for days that is like setting up a pattern for binge drinking yeah and it's not healthy and that's like one of the gateways to becoming an alcoholic so rather like if you have a hangover just deal with it drink a lot of water eat some fruit go work out and take maybe like take a day off and yeah or you know at least wait till the evening and you're not like drunk anymore yeah if you are gonna drink just give yourself a break yeah balance your life out yeah it's all about balance um oh here's what i wrote Aim for that balance between buzzed and blacked out drunk. Oh. Okay. Oh, no, that's for know your limits. Yeah. Okay, that's my next point. Know your limits. You got to aim for the balance. So if you start drinking on a regular basis, it can be hard to judge how much is too much. But the first time you black out should be a red flag that you're drinking too much. Mm -hmm. So if you, like, go to a party and you wake up the next day, you're like, damn, I don't even remember going to sleep. Try to think about how many drinks you might have had and lower that. Yeah. Um, Because it can be really tempting to just keep drinking. Yeah. But it's not fun. And again, it just sets up a pattern. And it's dangerous. And it's dangerous. It's really dangerous to um, black out because sometimes you might vomit while you're asleep and choke on your vomit. Mm -hmm. Um, That's sometimes you could get raped. Yeah. Yeah. 
bad things can happen. Yeah, and it's not like a, one of those scary stories where it's like it happens to people out there. Like, I know people who that is like. Yeah, I actually, um, when I briefly moved back to New Mexico, I was partying with some friends and one girl that was with us got really, really drunk to the point where she couldn't really move. Um, and she was just like pretty much sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I found her in the backyard with a man having sex with her. Um, and he had her pinned up against the wall. Oh, and man. she was clearly unconscious. Yeah. So I went over and stopped him uh-huh. and pulled him off of her. And he got very upset and was like, we weren't done. And I just carried Jesus. her away. And I put her in the car and I was like, she's fucking blacked out. Like, she's not conscious. Mm-hmm. Like, you're raping her right now. And it's very upsetting. So I say it from experience. Like, it happens to people. Yeah, it's happening. It's not cool at all. No. And it's not the person's fault, but that is just like, you just have to be aware when you put yourself in situations, like dangerous situations, dangerous shit might happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, it uh, definitely happens. Oh, um, also take breaks. I already kind of yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, I, I would say that if you have a group of friends and you love hanging out with your friends, but like the only activity you have in common is drinking like maybe try to mix it up and yeah. be like let's take an aerial yoga class or let's go on a hike or to a museum or let's go see a movie or whatever like try to mix it up and see if those are really friends that you enjoy spending time with or if you're all just drinkers that like to drink in the same way yeah um my stepdad who is a to- total piece of shit um still alive for some reason um he did say one wise thing so every year he would get me and my boyfriend tennis lessons for my birthday and he said um that couples need to have things more things in common or do more activities together other than drinking and fucking yeah and he did have a point there and i think that is true with friends too so think about your friend group and like do the people that you drink with, are you doing other things together? Do you sometimes go shopping together? Yeah, go hiking. Like um, That's some things me and my friends do sometimes. Yeah, like I seriously like just just run errands together. Like, yeah. do you hang out with them during daylight hours without right. a drink in your hand? Um, and, and then kind of assess like how close it because if you get wasted and you spill your guts to each other but you don't do anything about that are you really friends yeah so that's so true if i quit drinking would you still love me tomorrow (laughs) yes and that's what i said (laughs) as a singing telegram to all my friends when i quit drinking oh really yeah i like that remember when i knocked on your door and i was like Hey, shoe. <laughs> I was thinking about quitting drinking. And I had these backup dancers and we all had bouffants and we were snapping. <laughs> Will you still love? And you were like, yeah, but I need you to stop doing what you're doing right now because that's really affecting my love for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And also like your body just needs time to recover. Yeah. Like physically, emotionally. Yeah. It's cool to also like get wasted with your friends, but then maybe do shit that's good for your bod together. Like go get yeah. some cheap massages. I was going like... to say like have a spa day after the day you get wasted. Yeah. Be like I just need to go to get a massage and get this shit all rubbed out. Um, 
also like be very aware that it's completely normal to get drunk and wake up feeling guilty but that is not a reason to keep on drinking yeah so because that's something I hear so often like I have friends who will call me or text me and be like I'm so sorry about last night I was such an ass which half the time I'm like girl you're fine you You weren't you literally weren't even talking and it was all in your head like whatever the fuck you think happened you were in the corner like nodding off yeah um so but it happens and then people will be like I just feel so dumb and so guilty like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drink more yeah um that's the worst reason to drink to be like I just want to forget about yeah never drink to forget or I mean celebrate people also I find a lot of people like drink and they're fine but they feel so bad that they just like berate themselves the next day and they're just like I'm such an asshole uh why why do I always do this and it's like just be realistic and like guilt I think guilt's just part of it it, but be real with yourself like you're not perfect like listen yesterday I ate seven donuts and one piece of pizza and a pint of ice cream it happens it happens and like old me would have been like oh my god Blah, blah blah like I gotta starve myself or whatever and instead I was like dude like you're getting your period you had yeah. a day yeah like who gives a shit just do better tomorrow you know like right. beating yourself up doesn't do anything except for cause you to go back to doing that indulgent behavior because you feel so terrible you want some comfort yeah so if you're like oh I'm such a piece of shit I got wasted and then you're so upset because you beat yourself up then you want comfort in the form of alcohol Snake eating its own tail, man. Snake That's eating right. its own tail. Don't fucking tread on me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, listen, I do still drink, I've but I have definitely found a way to have moderation in my yeah. life. And um the last time I got drunk, like really drunk, it was because I hadn't drank in like over a week, which most people are like, yeah, whatever, that's not going to do anything. But I was feeling very sensitive yeah. to my alcohol and I fell asleep in my backyard. And I more than anything, I just wanted to tell everyone, like, please leave because I'm tired. But instead, I just like sat there drunkenly nodding off. And my poor brother was in town and he's like, are you OK? And I'm like, I just kept going man that wine just really got on top of me I wasn't expecting that it just really got on top of me <laughs> I haven't drank in a week I haven't been drinking really got on top of me <laughs> and yeah. I felt so dumb the next day and I text my friend I'm like I'm sorry I got so drunk like I wasn't expecting that and she's like I don't give a shit it's your house yeah you can get <laughs> as drunk as you want to be at your and house I said um I hope you guys were like all ready to leave and you didn't just feel awkward that I was like way drunker than everyone else and left. I love it. And she's like, which is just showing like my guilty personality uh-huh. again. Um, And she's like, no, we all were exhausted. It was like one in the morning and we all <laughs> were ready to go home and we all said bye. Yeah. And we left. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> so um, that happened like probably last yeah. month. And um, and since then, I haven't gotten wasted. Yeah. You know, I've had a, a glass or two of wine here or there. So what I'm saying is it's possible to just chill and drink and chill. It's possible to have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Not yeah. for everyone. Not for everyone. And you know what? If you can't, that's cool, it's too. Totally it's fucking... not for everyone. Yeah. If you can't, come sit next to me. Yeah, exactly. There's sober people for you. Yeah. My cousin doesn't drink and she just doesn't like it. Like she does. She's never had a, an issue with it. Uh-huh. She just she just doesn't like the way she feels when she gets drunk. And she's like, no, nah, I don't drink. 
that's fair to that i'm like i wish i was like that good for you good for you i mean that's kind of how i am now after x amount of years of not drinking is like i like i drink and then i want to drink more and more and more and then like i'm like i don't like it doesn't even feel like me anymore just think of like the first time you got drunk and you're like, this is so weird. I don't, uh-huh. I feel different. And like, that's kind of how I am now. My brain feels different. Whoa, bro. Whoa. I wish I was on mushrooms instead right now. Yeah, seriously. The only person I like getting drunk in front of is Deacon because he's just, we're just silly together. That's the best. And we're just goofballs. I love, I used to love day drinking with, I'm going to use a weird word coming for me. I was engaged about 13 years ago we used to love like day drinking and yeah. just like having uh, just goofing off and like it was like the most fun yeah because you're super playful and like it was it was a great time it's pr- day drinking can be really fun it's weird because at some point you might take a nap and then you wake up and it's like only 6 p.m uh-huh. and you're like whoa what yeah i, I still have this whole day to go <laughs> i thought I thought this day was gone. And now it's back. Yeah. You know, you get a little buzz. Yeah. Take a nap. That's what I like. Like now in my, I'm in my 30s. Uh-huh. And now I just like having a few glasses of wine. I get drunk privately with my husband. Yep. And we have fun. And occasionally I have mimosas with my girls. And uh-huh. then I go home and take a nap. Yep. And and just my parting days, you know, they're pretty much behind me. I get wasted let someone who maybe isn't unmarried eat my asshole and i think (laughs) i don't need to drink for another 16 (laughs) months there you go and that that brought Uh, us to this past weekend okay so probably and this weekend i didn't do anything bad good i didn't do anything bad Uh uh-huh so but it'll probably be another 16 to 18 months yeah i drink again and hopefully also then i won't do something that's morally abhorrent totally Mm -hmm. Actually, I feel like that was like 24 months ago, the asshole yeah. situation. Yeah, I think Jesus so. Fucking Christ. Time flies, Time man. flies. You're I having just... fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having fun in the bum. Uh... Okay, well, I've said too much. Once again, I've said too much. <laughs> yeah, uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. I know it's kind of serious, but... It's super serious. Um, You know, we just care about everyone out there and... Like I said at the top, it's really hard when you've known alcoholics all your life and all you want is for them to admit they have a problem and get help. And um, they just won't. And I like that I listened to the Say Why to Drugs episode about alcohol and they also were like, man, like this is kind of a bummer. We usually are very excited about what we're talking about. And this just seemed like a really downer, long warning episode. (laughs) Right. And I thought, it's Simone J. We're going to we're going to do better. We'll have fun. We'll have fun. Hey, there were laughs along the way. We laughed. um, We cried. We revealed secrets that. We talked about our secret shame. We did. We did. Uh, this is a shame episode. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not afraid to reveal my shame. I'm not either. Mm. Or apparently my asshole. So That's right. You just let that shit get eaten all over the place. I'm like, I mean, I didn't know you were into... My asshole is like the boba juice of assholes. <laughs> I don't know. People just want it. You just need a thick straw. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what any of this means. I don't know. They're um, they're not double entendres because they don't mean one thing, let alone two. 
Um, they're no entendres. No entendres. Anyways, happy hump day. Yeah, man. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.